Hello everybody, this is Pastor Iris. Um, forgive my froggy throat. You know, it's a time of year, it's the beginning of January. Everybody comes down with fluey bugs and coughs and colds and sneezes. And I think I had all of them. But my throat is fine. I just sound very croaky. But I hope I come, I come across, you know, sort of loud and clear. Because I want to share something with you on Jerusalem. This just really cannot wait until I feel any better. And in sharing with you, I'm sure I'm going to feel really much better very soon. King David writes, Take note of the fortified walls and tour all the citadels that you may describe them to future generations. That's in Psalm 48 verse 13. And he goes on to say, The joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion on the sides of the north, the city of the great king. God is in her palaces. He is known as her refuge. Jerusalem is one of the oldest continuously inhabited cities in the world. But it has been blockaded, burnt, looted, captured, destroyed, and mourned. It's also been prayed for, longed for, rebuilt, rejoiced over, honoured and chosen by God as the place for his name to dwell. Psalm 132 verse 13 and also Ezra 6 verse 12 and Zechariah 2 12 put it this way, for the Lord has chosen Zion he has desired it for his dwelling. And there we have it. God has chosen Jerusalem for his dwelling. Because the old city of Jerusalem is considered holy by Judaism, Christianity and Islam, this ancient city and its walls are listed as a UNESCO World Heritage Site. Although the United Nations Heritage List deliberately fails to mention that Jerusalem is in Israel. Although the old city of Jerusalem lays within its walls, the city proper now extends well beyond them. Suleiman's Walls. This is an interesting subject. In Psalm 122 verse 7, May there be peace within your walls and security within your citadels. The old city of Jerusalem has been surrounded by walls since ancient times. The current walls, built between 1535 and 1538 by the Ottoman Sultan Suleiman the Magnificent, are almost four kilometres, that's 2.5 miles in length, and 12 metres, that's 40 feet high, and 2.5 metres, that's 8.2 feet wide. Good, thick and strong, eh? Though they are not especially thick, oh my goodness, these walls have never been breached apart from an area that was opened in 1898 near the Jaffa Gate in preparation for the visit of the German Emperor Wilhelm II, as well as various gate modifications. 
This breach in the wall near Jaffa Gate was created so that the German Emperor Wilhelm II could enter Jerusalem on a white horse, accompanied by a large entourage of people. It is said that Suleiman rebuilt the walls after having a nightmare in which he dreamed the lions had chased him and were devouring his body. His advisers suggested that the dream meant that it was time that he rebuild the Jerusalem's crumbled walls. Well, some scholars have suggested, however, that Suleiman fortified Jerusalem after hearing rumours of a new crusade by the king of Spain. And still others believe they were rebuilt to protect the city from Bedouins and marauders and wild animals. Suleiman essentially rebuilt these new walls on the remains of earlier wars using stones taken from ancient buildings. We're very grateful for all, um, all of this information because it's history and history just can't be denied. Well, Jesus prophesies the destruction of Jerusalem. Yeshua, Jesus, foresaw the destruction of the walls of Jerusalem which were destroyed by the Romans after Jerusalem fell in AD 70. That's after Jesus died. Well, after he was crucified and after he was risen. While he was on the Mount of Olives, just prior to his entrance into Jerusalem on a colt, Yeshua wept over the destruction that would come upon the city because of our rejection of him, saying, if you even you had only known on this day what would bring you peace. But now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognise the time of God's coming to you. He also prophesied the destruction of the second temple. Jesus left the temple and was walking away when his disciples came up to him to call his attention to its buildings. Do you see all these things? he asked. Truly I tell you, not one stone here will be left on another. Every one will be thrown down. And you can read that for yourselves in Matthews 24 verses 1 and 2. His prophecies were fulfilled to the letter. In AD 70, 70, Titus, the son of Roman Emperor Vespasian and three Roman legions surrounded Jerusalem, hemming the population with a trench and a new wall that they built to equal the height of the city walls. Those caught trying to escape Jerusalem were brutally murdered. Breaching Jerusalem's walls, however, was no easy task. It took Titus seven months to break through the three walls that surrounded Jerusalem in the first century. According to Je Je uh, Josephus, the first 
wall was made by David and Solomon. Not much is known about the second wall, but Josephus said it enclosed the northern quarter of the city, beginning at the garden gate and extending to the Antonia fortress. I hope you're getting a picture of a massive area. Though the walls of Jerusalem were grand, they might have seemed dwarfed beside the walls of the Temple Mount Antonia fortress, a military barracks built around 19 BC by Herod. It's in the top right-hand corner of the Temple Mount. The third wall was built by Agrippa, Agrippa I. He was Herod, or rather he was um, Herod the Great's grandson, who started building it in AD 40. He did not finish the wall, however, but Roman Emperor Claudius, a friend of Agrippa, ordered the work to stop after Syria's governor had suspicions about Agrippa's motives in building it. Josephus describes the wall as impressive. Listen to this. If the wall had been finished, Josephus wrote, the city would never have been taken, for it was built of bonded stones 30 feet long, 15 broad. The wall itself was 15 feet thick, and its height would no doubt have been greater. Although the rebels fortified it to a height of 30 feet, their their very hasty reinforcements did not withstand the onslaught of Titus and his legions. Not much of this forgotten war remains. It was only discovered in the uh, 1930s by archaeologists who were guided by Josephus' descriptions Although Vespasian had not wanted the second temple destroyed, it was completely toppled. Apparently, a Roman soldier threw a torch into the temple and a tapestry caught fire. The blaze spread rapidly through the temple and a great quantity of gold melted, pouring down through the stones. Once everything cooled, the soldiers pried the stones apart to gather the gold. In the process, every stone was thrown down, just as Jesus had prophesied. And as I said earlier, the old city of Jerusalem and its walls are classified as a World Heritage Site during the time of Solomon and of Nehemiah. The walls also encompass the city of David, an area south of the Temple Mount. Well, Jerusalem and its walls in the Bible. Let's read this. I will defend this city and save it for my sake and for the sake of David, my servant. That is written in 2 Kings, verses, chapter 19, verse 34. 
Jerusalem and its walls are mentioned many times in the Bible. And the city makes its first appearance in Genesis chapter 14, verse 18, a verse that describes Melchizedek as the priest of the Most High God and the king of Salem. The ancient name of Jerusalem, Salem, is the ancient name of Jerusalem. The Amarna letters, an archaeological find dated to the 1400s BC, calls the city Jerusalem, which is Babylonian for the city of Salem. I'll spell that for you. U-R-U-S-A-L-I-M, Jerusalem, meaning the city of Salem. In Hebrew, it is said Yerushalayim, and that's spelt differently again, Y-E-R-U-S-H-A-L-A-Y-I-M, Yerushalayim. Jerusalem is mentioned again when Joshua led the children of Israel into the Holy Land to take hold of God's promises. When Joshua cast lots at Shiloh to divide the promised land among the tribes of Israel. He gave the first lot, the Jebusite city of Jerusalem, to Benjamin. And Joshua chapter 18 verse 28 refers, and he gave that with Judah's lot falling along Jerusalem's southern slope. Joshua 15 verse 8. Before Benjamin could take hold of his inheritance, the Jebusite inhabitants had to be dispersed. At the time, Jerusalem was being ruled by an Amorite king, whom Joshua defeated and killed, along with four other Amorite kings. Although Joshua and the Israelites defeated the Amorites on the battlefield, A few survivors managed to reach their fortified cities, and that is quoted from Joshua 10.20. The tribe of Judah tried to conquer Jerusalem, which remained fortified with its own walls and inhabited by the Jebusites, but failed. Judah could not dislodge the Jebusites who were living in Jerusalem. To this day, the Jebusites live there with the people of Judah. Written in Joshua 15, verse 63. Judah eventually did take Jerusalem, circa 1374 BC, after the death of Joshua. At that time, they put the city to the sword and set it on fire. Judges 1 verse 8. Nevertheless, some of the Jebusites remained in Jerusalem. The Benjamites, however, did not drive out the Jebusites who were living in Jerusalem to this day. The Jebusites lived there with the Benjamites. Judges 1 21.
Let's take a look at building and rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. Because when King David came to rule over Judah and then over all Israel in 1010 to 970 BC, he laid siege to Jerusalem. After Israel's previous failures to remove all the Jebusites, the residents of the city thought their defences were secure. So they said to David, You will not get in here. Even the blind and the lame will ward you off. 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 6. But to their surprise, David captured the fortress of Zion. Today, it's still called the city of David. He did not have to break through the existing walls either. He entered through a water tunnel under the walls. When David's son Solomon assumed the throne, 970 to, sorry, 970 to 931 BC, he built his palace and the first temple expanding upon David's work and extending the walls of Jerusalem in 1 Kings 3.1, which is the referring scripture. When Solomon died because of sin, the kingdom of Israel was split into the southern kingdom of Judah and the northern kingdom of Israel. Jehoash, king of Israel, from 842 to 802 BC, breached the walls of Jerusalem. The Jehoash went to Jerusalem and broke down the wall of Jerusalem from the Ephraim gate to the corner gate, a section about 400 cubits long. And he took all the gold and silver and all the vessels that were found in the house of the Lord. 2 Kings 14 verse 13 refers. You know, Sukkot in Jerusalem, according to Nehemiah 8.16, the Sukkot booths were set up during the pilgrimage festival of Sukkot in the square at the Ephraim Gate and at the Water Gate. So a very um, profound place for this to have happened. Later, Uzziah, king of Judah, from 788 to 736 BC, built towers in Jerusalem at the corner gate, at the valley gate, and at the angle of the wall, and he fortified them. 2 Chronicles 26.9 refers. King Nebuchadnezzar, however, captured Jerusalem in 597 BC, exiling thousands of Babylonian, including King Jehoiakim. 598 to 597 BC, who was deposed. His uncle, Jedekiah, was made king in his place, 597 to 586 BC. After King Zedekiah conspired to revolt against the Babylonians with Egypt's help, the Babylonian army broke down the walls around Jerusalem and exiled most of the remaining Jews. Solomon's temple was burned and destroyed. 2 Kings 25.9 Zedekiah was blinded 
and taken into exile along with the rest of the captives of which only a remnant of 50,000 would return during the time of King Cyrus of Persia, who reigned from 559 to 530 BC. Everyone whose heart God had moved prepared to go up and build the house of the Lord in Jerusalem, as told in Ezra 1 verse 5. When the exiles returned, they overcame great opposition and began to rebuild the temple. Some years later, however, Nehemiah, the cupbearer to King Artaxerxes, learned that the walls of Jerusalem had not yet been rebuilt. Those who survived the exile and are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. Nehemiah 1 verse 3. When he understood that the city's defences were still in ruins, he wept and prayed for days, confessing that Israel had forsaken God and committing his action plan for the walls to the Lord. He asked the king for permission to rebuild the ruins and received it, despite the great resistance and persecution from the enemies of God, he assessed the ruins, involved the people with their reconstruction and courageously proceeded with the work. The wall was completed on the 25th of Elul in 52 days. Nehemiah 6.15 refers, my goodness, what a feat. Today, visitors can walk along the top of the walls of Jerusalem on which watchmen and soldiers once protected the city's residence, a gate in the wall. After the Hellenistic and Hasmonean periods, the Greeks and the Maccabees and the Romans came into power, taking control of the temple and setting up Herod as governor over Judea. Ten years after Herod died, the Romans began to rule Judea directly. Their restrictions on Jewish life finally prompted a revolt in AD 66, leading the Roman forces of Titus to completely destroy Jerusalem and the temple in AD 70. Afterward, Jerusalem was rebuilt as a Roman city. It has since been captured by the Byzantine Christians, invaded by the Islamic Empire, held by the Crusaders twice, and overcome by Saladin's Islamic Egyptian Syrian dynasty. The Golden Gate was sealed by Suleiman to prevent the Messiah from entering Jerusalem. How interesting. Despite all this, conquest which the Bible makes clear was due to sin and the rejection of Jesus as the Messiah, there has always been a remnant of the Jewish people in the Holy Land. Moreover, the Jewish people, whether in exile or in the land itself, have never lost faith that God would once again gather his people back to the promised land and create an independent state. 
That Jewish hope for an independent state is deeply rooted in the faith of the coming Messiah, who, Jewish tradition holds, will enter Jerusalem through the Golden Gate, heralding the divine presence or Shekinah, as in ancient times. Suleiman was intensely aware of this hope, and so in AD 1541, he sealed off this gate, which is called in Arabic, the gate of eternal life. My, oh my, oh my, the gate of eternal life. God's purposes for Jerusalem and Israel, however, cannot be thwarted by sealed gates or crumbled walls. God is calling the nations to stand on the spiritual walls of Jerusalem and give him no rest until his plan is accomplished. And I quote, I have posted watchmen on your walls, Jerusalem. They will never be silent day or night. You who call on the Lord, give yourselves no rest and give him no rest till he establishes Jerusalem and makes her the praise of the earth. Isaiah 62 verses 6 and 7. The time is coming when Jesus will gloriously return to Jerusalem, and all of Israel will recognize him. Listen, your watchmen lift up their voices together. They shout for joy. When the Lord returns to Zion, they will see it with their own eyes. Burst into songs of joy together, you ruins of Jerusalem, for the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. Isaiah 52, chapter 8, verse 9. You know, what I've said to you today is asking you this. Please be a watchman on the wall who brings praise, petition, thanksgiving on behalf of God's people and help, help us bring the message of Jesus his soon return to Israel and to the nations. I hope you were able to glean a nugget or two from all that historical information that I gave you today. But when you start studying the history of Israel, you can see that it's always been under attack, always, 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 by so many conquerors, all wanting to change it and seal it up and do all sorts of strange things with it. And yet we have the gate of eternal life, which is given that Jesus will enter in to Jerusalem, regardless of whichever way God wants to do that. And we have our vision of the new Jerusalem descending out of the sky. I give you this thought. May you never sleep peacefully again, but always dream of Jerusalem and always have a prayer in your heart, 
wanting to pray as a watchman on the walls of Jerusalem. God bless you. God keep you. Cause, <coughs> cause your light to shine. For he is with you every step of the way. Amen. God bless. Be back again soon.